fine. We, remember <laughs> for like five years when we thought Benedict Cumberbatch was hot? That was a weird time. That was really weird. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pod Jiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Dirty Dog Dustin Rolls. <laughs> Why you act, gotta act like a tramp? A wet food stamp. It's uh, the New Kids on the Block song from the 90s. Oh, God. It's like... It's like a song uh, after they were popular on on their decline called, uh, it was like their lead single on the album that uh, no one bought Mm -hmm. called Dirty Dog. So damn dirty. (laughs) I remember uh, when New Kids on the Block were popular, uh, I believe I was in fourth grade. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or third grade. And my... uh, my friend and I, for like the class talent show, did like a quote unquote dance to one of their songs, which was really terrible. And it was mostly us strutting and high fiving. Oh man. I remember I went to, again, grade school. I like went to a sleepover, and the girl who, who was hosting um, had a New Kids on the Block phone in her room. Oh yeah. And I, to this day, I have I could not tell you a New Kids on the Block song. Um, I never really heard them. <laughs> I all I remember about them was the merchandise that people had that always really confused me. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of don't remember them anymore either, except that uh, Donnie Wahlberg was in it, and he was already the old one. Like he already looked yeah. old compared to everybody else. And that was sad. I, uh, but imagine, there was a period of time where Marky Mark was just Donnie Wahlberg's brother. Right. <laughs> I bore a small resemblance to the uh, Wood Brothers, so every single girl I dated in high school was a huge, huge fan of New Kids on the Block. <laughs> so I knew all of their songs and all of their albums and everything about them because they dated me because they remi- I reminded why. them of a new kid. Did, That's why you knew all their songs. Mm-hmm. Did they make you uh, serenade them in character? <laughs> no. Did they, you volunteer to? I, well, you know, I wasn't going to like... I leaned into it, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it worked I'm for proud me. of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to, you know... You got to work with what you got, you know? Yeah, use what's available to you. Um, well, that that requires me to drink for sure after revisiting that memory. Oh, man. <laughs> do you still I'm really do you good still at strut? That. Do you still strut and high five? Uh, I haven't spoken to uh, that guy probably since fifth or sixth grade, so no, that was we we, we left that back then. But you can um, you can high five other people. You don't need to. It doesn't right, but just that have was to like a, that guy. That was like a special special bond. Uh, <laughs> I also have forgotten his last name. His name was Todd. <laughs> and we were we were good friends in like third grade. And that's about it. 
Uh, I'm drinking a Sapporo Pure light beer because that's what I have left. Um, Dustin, what are you drinking? We haven't. I, I'm drinking Allagash white out of a wine glass. Oh, classy. It's very fancy. I don't know. There's something about Allagash white in a wine glass that makes it taste better. Mm-hmm. And do it, you know do the you... science behind that, Tori? Uh, I'm assuming just aeration. I don't know. Well, I mean, I assume it's the same reason why just pouring beer into a glass as opposed to drinking it out of the bottle. Yeah, I much prefer no glass. Do you raise your pinky in the air when you drink <laughs> it? Absolutely. No. I mean, it's you have to, kind I'm of. Fancy. It is very fancy. Yeah. Tori, what about um, you? I am drinking, actually, here. Yes. Wow. Yes, there you go. The duck. The duck sound. I'm drinking my Stonecutter Spirits uh Whiskey, which is, what is it? Uh, Yeah, it is the bourbon that's aged like a whiskey and finished like a scotch. Uh, So I've I've mixed that with some, I have a lemon ginger uh, seltzer. So I made myself a little little Mm. tonic out of it. Lemon ginger. Yeah, it's Trader Joe's. (laughs) Seltzers with splash. (laughs) Does not make it more appetizing when you phrase it that way. (laughs) It really doesn't. <laughs> oh, guys, we haven't even yes. celebrated. What are we celebrating? Uh, ready? No. No, we're no, no, no. Hold on. <laughs> First, well, the real good news. Happy Kung, Kung Fu week. week. Was that me? There was a weird double sound there for a second. Did I throw my voice? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you just uh, say it again, and I'll just mark it and edit. No, I, I, no, I, do, I want cool. that sound to happen again. <laughs> I think it was... Happy Kung Fu Week. <laughs> uh, it is Kung Fu Week. This episode will actually release on the same day as the new CW show Kung Fu. Uh, Woohoo! 8pm wow. on the CW, or on I think CW. 7 Central. I don't know. Check your... check. You, you know how to check listings. Just, I've just never heard of that show. You, you, you open your TV guide. Right. Um, or for I'm free the so next day on the CW app. You know, Wait, I'm so am I going to have to watch the all show. these commercials? On Hulu? Yeah. Oh. No. On CW app, yep. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, all the commercials. You can't fast forward through them. Someone didn't give up cable. Mm. Again, even with cable, you still get the fucking commercials. Oh my but God, you can fast VR forward. Box. Yeah. No, it's no, just... you can't. On the CW, they have some sort of fucking lock on the goddamn thing, so you still have to watch the commercials. That doesn't sound right to me. <coughs> Don't you have YouTube TV? No, you you still have to like. No, I have I have Spectrum with a DVR. Oh. You have to get a DVR. Yeah, you have to have like a physical box in no, front of your TV. That. I'm not doing that. I'm, I don't. Well, then you've done that. You've literally. I done don't this live yourself. in 2009, Dan. <laughs> You're like the people who don't want to get the vaccine, but are complaining be, <laughs> complaining because they might not be able to travel right. internationally. It's like that is a choice. Yeah. That you made. <laughs> Do you want to be able to skip commercials and watch fine Spectrum originals like uh, the thing that Josh Hartnett was in, the Southern Gothic thing? <laughs> what, and, whatever uh, that thing was? Yeah. yeah. Then, I can watch you know, anything I want except for the CW without right. suffering through commercials, which is why and I gave up for Well, I also, I like that our assumption is that Spectrum is the only option for DVR. Like well, there are. I'm any only other saying Spectrum cable. because I happen to know Dustin has Spectrum for his internet, so I'm assuming they're his only cable option. And Spectrum Internet went out for like 
three hours today in the entire fucking state. I think in Dang. almost all of New England, like ha like half of New Hampshire. Like Dustin, uh, providing high quality internet service uh, is <laughs> is not an easy job, and you know it's uh, the the good people at Spectrum are doing their best, is all I'm saying. You ever look into doing voiceover work, Dan? You'd be really good at it. Oh, thanks. Uh, I have been told that I should, and I have not. But instead, I do this, so you know. Uh, we're going to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, we're finally going to talk about Mighty Ducks after Dustin, much to Dustin's uh, joy. Woo. And uh, we're also going to talk about Made for Love. But before all of that, uh, there is another. There's there are more congratulations in order this week. It's the there other really holiday. <laughs> it's the other holiday because it's called April it Fools. Was, it was no April Fools' joke, but Manifest returned for season Yay! three, and Dustin watched it and wrote about it on Pajaba.com. But that also means that it is time once again for Dustin's Manifest Minute, <laughs> where he will get sixty seconds to. Tell us all about all the exciting things that happened on Manifest. I just have to mention beforehand, because I have got the cable and I do the Hulu, I also have to wait until 5 in the morning the next day to watch Manifest. So I woke up at 5 a.m. on Friday to watch Manifest. And, and what happened? Uh, what happened? Um, yes. Basically, uh, at the end of the... Sorry, I said basically, and Siri popped back up on my computer. Oh, God damn it. There he is again. Wait, it's not, that's not even seriously. Now if you say basically, she I don't know. Up. I don't know. It just came so on you've my... only got 30 seconds left, Dustin. I'm sorry. So in, at the end of the pilot episode, of the, the Flight 828 exploded in front of all the passengers. It was like in a hangar. And now, uh, two seasons later, the uh, wing of that... Uh, floated up in the ocean near Cuba, and now the they think that maybe they are all dead. So, oh, wow, you have five seconds left. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was very impressive. You, Despite the fact that you ran into problems with your computer, you still managed to give us everything important from Manifest. I did. I really did. That is all you need to know. And they think they're all dead. So it's going to be like really some lean lost. into Lost. They were like, yeah. mm, okay. fuck it, let's go Lost. So what about the, um, what about the, uh, there was a thing about a pirate ship at the end of last season, I believe. Yeah, I don't see. Is uh, that not, it hasn't come up yet? It hasn't, and I'm not sure that it ever will. What about the the meth heads? Okay, they did reappear uh, at the very end of the episode. The meth heads who died at the in the season finale by sinking into a frozen pond all popped up from the pond, gasping back alive. Many weeks later, I believe. Because it was Easter. <laughs> that make, that would make sense. That would make yeah. Uh, so is that partially why people think that they might the survivors are dead? They or so are, have would they are they do they think that they've been dead the whole time? Because I thought the whole point well, was that, that was there the, was a, the lead guy a death was like, timer. Well, the lead guy was like, I think we blew up. We ex the plane exploded over Cuba and we all died. But then somebody brought us back. Like, oh, Jesus! But like, 
but only for a, a small period of time. So they come back and then they will expire again. Maybe because the one guy did not, he, he, he outlasted his death date at the, in the season finale. And after he outlasted his death date, he no longer has the, uh, the power of the callings. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Lost mixed with Flash Forward mixed with. Putting your dick in a blender, yes. <laughs> and so this show is getting you a lot of fan mail, I It hear. is, yeah. I'm getting so much lovely, so many, many fond emails from people who love my recaps. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, you know, I hope that they, they know they can spread the love to uh, producer Seth at, at mm. Love Spackle. Well, um, none they of should them send spell, him messages to pass on to you. They, they can't spell. No, not a one. <laughs> well, then I'm sure we'll get some rather creative misspellings of <laughs> Love Spackle. You know, it's a real manifest fan because they can't spell manifest. Wow. Wow. Well, Dustin, maybe that, that, that could be unfair. Maybe they're just so passionate uh, in their defense of Manifest that they, they can't be bothered to spell check. They just have to get these get thoughts that, down. Yeah. Maybe they just have you know? really thick fingers and very small keyboards. <laughs> it's not their fault. Like, I don't think you should make fun of them for that. Well, the thing about Manifest is that <laughs> there's not a lot of people that write about it. So... When, when I do write about it, it like a lot of people read it on the internet. And I'm always like, do the writers see this? And what do they think? Am I hurting their feelings? Because I don't want to do that. Don't you? Well, I mean, it's a really bad show, but you know, it's. <laughs> but for them, it's probably just, you know, a gig. The only, the, the only person who's really at fault is Jeff Rake. Well, it could be, what about the network? Maybe right, the right. network gave them a bunch and of notes. Look, and given all the mail I get, there are people clearly that like this show. I don't understand them. Well, let me, let me ask this question then, Dustin. What, what is, is there something that they are identifying with that you are not? I mean, so as an example, like, you know, you, you, you talk about how the, the, uh, the logic of it kind of, you know, moves around and they, they've dropped some mm -hmm. things and they've, you know, they've done that. But like, is there, is there some kind of like emotional core that, that they're responding to or is there some, some, or like a relationship yeah. or something like that, that could explain it? No, I don't think that most of it is like, <laughs> the show doesn't always make sense, but I like it anyway. So fuck off. I see. So they don't really justify themselves. They don't, they aren't able to like counter your arguments with other arguments. They just enjoy it. Right. Yeah, that's okay. I like it. So why do you watch it? you don't like it, stop. <laughs> don't read my piece if you don't want to read. It's, I mean, the headline sort of gives it away that I don't care for the show. <laughs> yeah, what but was your headline did. this week? Manifest is back, unfortunately. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they knew what they were getting into. <laughs> <coughs> oh, well. But at, at the oh, end guys. of the day, at the end of the day, they watched the show and liked it. And then you wrote about it, and then they clicked on it, and then they got to defend the show that they love. So everyone, That's right. everyone's a winner. You have added to their experience. Yes. And our I experience. Because I love this I, for I, you. 
I, I, I do make fun of TV Line occasionally because TV Line has also writes about it. And TV Line is always, I, I don't know what, what sort of deals TV Line has with networks or shows or whatever, but they always seem to be, I don't know, they, they get interviews with like creators of these shows, like yeah. Jeff Rake. And so that in, in turn, they're always like saying nice things about the shows. And I know that the writers don't believe what they're writing. But uh, I did read the TV line uh, write up, and at the end, there's like a poll, like ask them to grade it. And it was like 65% gave it an A. And I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> <laughs> the only people who would read an article about Manifest are the ones who like it. I guess well, that, so, but geez, But that is interesting what? because that, that, mean, that would suggest to me that their fan base uh, maybe is not that big, but is very passionate. I just don't understand why you would be passionate about the show. There's nothing to be passionate about. Like, well, they've, it's just, they've got something. There's nothing compelling about the uh, characters or the actors. There's <laughs> nobody like who's particularly like hot. I, none of it makes sense. Aw, poor Prince Charming. He's Prince Charming? Well, he wasn't yeah. once... Oh, that's right, that's right. Okay. Whatever yeah. that show was. Once upon, Once a, upon time. a time. Yeah. yeah. I always feel like I'm supposed to complete that with in Mexico or in Hollywood or so whatever, and then I'm like, wait, what? What is the addendum to it? And there isn't one. It's just Once Upon a Time. <sighs> anyway. Three anyway, that was the manifest minute, which went, I think, about eight minutes. So, good for you. You guys ask the questions. I can't not answer. Oh yeah, no, your 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 description was under a minute. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, but speaking of shows, from from shows that people love to shows about love, <laughs> uh, we 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 previewed Made for Love last week, or Dustin and Tori did because they got early screeners, and not all of us did. No big deal. Uh, but uh, but Made for Love released last week, the first three episodes, um, and uh, yeah. So so now that. Now that we've all seen at least three episodes, and Dustin, please, no spoilers beyond that. Um, wh- how, how do you feel? Like, Dustin, do you still... I know that you were... Uh, you didn't love the, the first episode, but you know, have, you, have you come around? or? I have. I think sometimes I watch shows in, in weird moods or when I'm tired or whatever. Like, at one time I thought that Atlanta was about time travel and aliens. And um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Hang on, hang on, hang on. We have, we have, we have to pause here. Yeah. Uh, because you just said you once thought the show Atlanta was about time travel and aliens. I I've told you when I don't sleep very much, sometimes I hallucinate, and and that apparently happened when I watched the pilot of I saw the pilot of Atlanta maybe six months before its release. And we're talking mm-hmm. about the Donald Glover show on FX, right? Okay. And I. Saw it late at night. I don't know what was happening. And then this was on my old podcast, sorry, I guess. Um, <laughs> and we spoke about it. And I was like, I didn't really care for it because of all the, you know, the time travel. And, but nobody could correct me because they hadn't seen it yet. And then when Atlanta <laughs> came out, <laughs> I rewatched it. And I was like, nobody, there's no time travel here. Where are the aliens? <laughs> What if you wow. actually watched the pilot for like Rick and Morty and just didn't know? 
<laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it was weird. And I, something similar happened here where I watched it when I was in a, a apparently exhausted state and I did not care for it and thought it was super weird. And then I rewatched it and it wasn't that weird. It was pretty straightforward and kind of, I liked it quite a bit. I feel like having the, the first episode is weird, but I feel like it, there's something about the cumulative effect of the series where mm-hmm. like you Maybe just, you it, yeah. adjust to the, what seemed weird kind of is just becomes the fabric of the show. So like the jumping around in time and the not in not time travel, but like the, the disjointed storytelling where they kind of will do these flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff like that, that could seem weird until you kind of are acclimated to just the way the show is works. And then you're like, Oh no, this is yeah. Like it, you right. no longer bat an eye when an episode opens and it's like three years previously or whatever. Right. Right. Um, That's probably, I think, but I, the, you know, the pilot, I mean, the uh, dolphin and the swimming pool was like, what the fuck is going on? But now it's like, oh, yeah, there's a dolphin in the swimming pool, whatever. Yeah. Oh, good. So you came around. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I do quite like it quite a bit. Although, uh, Raymond, oh, God, he's so good. Yeah, Ray Romano does. So good. Yeah, they're using him very, very well. And also mm-hmm. using the, the sex doll. Yes. Like, I'm glad that that so, wasn't just a sight gag. That can, well, I mean, it was, but it, it continues to be a sight gag. Right. It's, it's not just a, it was not just a, like, one cheap joke. It right. is a, uh, oh, no, there's something much deeper psychologically going on with his yeah. character. And it, like, influences how the town townspeople interact with him and right. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess um, so, yes. Yeah, like, it, it all tied in. Um, can I tell you my favorite weird thing I've, I've picked up? And you, so I only watched the first three episodes, the ones that premiered. I know Dustin has seen the next two as well, I believe. Right. Okay. Um, so at the end of the third episode... Uh, where they kind of, because the whole thing is she's got this chip in her head and it, it is a spy camera. It's not two-way, this this made-for-love uh, technology. Right now, it's basically a spy camera. And so mm-hmm. she can, so uh, Byron, her husband, can see everything that she sees. And so she starts utilizing that um, to hold conversations with him by looking at reflections, but also to get back at him by staring at things that he might not want to watch. Uh, such as, you know, somebody masturbating. Uh, and and it looks like... Which, <laughs> the whole scene, Ray Romano made that scene. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, when he's just like, well, we know this, where like, this is going. And gets up and um, but then I was watching the previews for the next episodes, and it looks like uh, like one of her, her friend, like you know, pulls down her pants to moon her. So again, it's like just showing Byron somebody's butt. Like, cause right. th- now it's every single thing that she sees, like she can choose to look at things just to tick him off. And I don't know why, but I really hope that is just a running gag in it that she continues to like, just try to freak him out by like looking at thing, stuff yeah. because it, <laughs> I just, because there's something very, cause we talked about like how the show is in, in some ways, because it's about this, the sort of dystopian tech that it felt sort of devsy, but there's mm. something just so sort of basic and comedic about like, you know, all of this yes. high tech being boiled down to like, I'm just going to look at butts and penises to freak <laughs> right. you out. 
<laughs> and I don't know why, but it, like I like I, it is not like a profound thought. I just I really hope that continues because it just well, it's a it's a fun uh, one. It's a it's kind of like a fun petty way for her to get back at him, kind of like at least so far, kind right. of the only way she can, right? Right. Um, but the other thing that it reminded me of is, and I didn't think about this until you just made made this point just now, but in the way that like every new wave of technology, like you can kind of tell the 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 barometer, at least, you know, anecdotally, is that like, you know, you know a new technology is gonna take off when like the porn industry uh, adopts it. Yeah, finds a way and to so use it's it. like yeah, and so that's like, oh of course. So like we figured out we as humans have figured out how to use this for porn and so therefore it's you know, now now it will be a success. And like that that's been true about like tapes and dvds and the internet yeah now vr (laughs) so and now the chip in the brain like oh and now the chip in the brain yeah use it for porn oh that's great i hope that is Um, i hope that's exactly what's happening the the running gag that i loved in the and i don't think it was in episode three but at least in the first two episodes was the increasing uh amount of violence uh (laughs) inflicted upon dan (laughs) bakadal Because yes. it was so good, and like it's, I I still don't know if he's if he was actually on her side or if he was just like you know, tasked with finding her. Yeah. But the fact that he is, uh, uh well, spoil. I mean, we're talking about spoilers yeah. anyway. So, uh, in the first episode, she accidentally cuts off three of his fingers, <laughs> and then, uh, and then he, but he continues to to follow her and ends up following her with like his fingers in his bag in like a, a ziplock bag, bag. And, yeah yeah and his hand duct taped and then she shoots him i think twice it, with a shotgun yeah like once in the in the toes yeah once of, in the toes and once in the face uh and also buckshot he was fine and, yeah and and she also <laughs> takes the fingers because she needs them to run his car <laughs> and it doesn't work still right but I just love him laying there going, like, please stop shooting me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's also, it's great. like so much violence, but none of it is lethal. It's just right. like increasing right. It's not lethal and it's not like, it's never in malice. Right. Like, it's even, always like kind like of an even, accident. Yeah. Both times she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and like, like runs off. Yeah. Like stop coming toward me. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he does come back. Does Can you spoil that for us? Dustin, does he come back? He does. Okay. Yes, but maybe in a flashback. No, not no, no. Well, you know, they do a time. Maybe yeah. from earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's fine. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, I, I'm definitely enjoying it. Like, But I do think it kind of, once you, you have to get the swing of it. Um, but it continues to be just the story of a very bad idea. Right. I, yes. The one twist I wasn't expecting was that they got married the night of their first date. Right. So you you kind of find out that all of this, like, perfect love that he thinks he has is entirely built on, like, you know. Oh, I was saying, oh, okay. So that was in, like, I think the fourth or fifth episode is their first date. Oh, you you actually oh, okay. see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's something else, y'all. It is something else. Well, and, and it's it it is kind of interesting because there's a um, one one thing that I was I mean I've been enjoying the show overall. Uh, one thing that I was I wasn't sure about so far, and I think it's just a function of like where we are in the story, is the the setup is so clear on 
how uh, uh, Hazel feels, um, Kristen Milioti's character. Yeah. That, you know, she clearly does not love her husband, and, you know, there's a question of whether or not she ever did, you know, and I'm right. sure we'll, we'll get answers to that down the road. But because we start in that position, there's no... Um, there's no representation of, of like whether her husband was ever good to her, um, so he feels very flat so far, and you know maybe he is flat the whole time, and like that's and that's fine, like maybe right. that's just who he is, um, or I didn't know if there was like if there was actually some kind of, you know, true romance, or if there was ever some kind of connection between them that has gone away. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, from the three episodes at least, you know, I, I wouldn't say they've given him any depth, but I right. do think they kind of solidify, because I think in the pilot I was a little bit, I wasn't sure if he was just misguided. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a terrible idea, but was he coming from a very good place? And I think right. that at least three episodes in, it's very clear that, like, he doesn't he doesn't view it as a bad place, but he is incredibly kind of egomaniacal and and narcissistic and so there is this level of and there's a moment where um like saying when he's kind of talking to her and it's it's the i'm gonna show like you need to show me your diary before i'll show you mine kind of highlighting Mm -hmm. why this is not two way like Right. right now he 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 wanted to trust her he now knows he can't but he never gave her the opportunity to do this the same back to him Right, right. Um, and so this is all, it's all kind of, he may be sincere in so far as he has the capability of being that, but it's also all on his terms. Mm-hmm. So when he says like, but I loved you, I still love you, even if you don't love me. It's like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to believe him. I think I do. And I think he believes it when he says it. Right. But that doesn't mean it's healthy or good. Cause right. Cause just, it's, it's, cause it's all on his terms. It's all on his terms. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh. And I, you know, I don't, so if that's what they're exploring, I don't, so far I don't mind the lack of depth in his character because I think that lack of depth is the characteristic. Right. Um, but, it, it, you know, it is whether that is just kind of part and parcel of him being some sort of genius or if, you know, there's going to be some reveal that he was, you know, not loved as a child or something like that. Right. Um, but it also, I think, pairs interestingly with her, which is like, I'm not, so far, I'm not sold on whether she, because she kind of, when she's talking about it, she's like, I don't know if I ever loved you. And I, you know, I kind of hoped I would. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, there's a certain, her character seems to be defined by a certain, an uncertainty. Right. You know, and, and that, that's okay too. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can process your own doubts on your own time and make choices mm-hmm. and, you know, change your mind and like, um, I don't know. So yeah, even though it's comedic and very like blown, blown out of proportion, I do think it's sort of interesting to kind of the reflection on, well, how do healthy relationships actually function? And like, how, right. how do you earn trust and how do you maintain that trust? And like, right. you know, and, and I am curious to see, and, and since Dustin, since you said that the, uh, we will see that first date at a certain point, I am, that, that makes me, I'm really curious for that episode because, um, I think, the more interesting answers will be in why she went along with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my, just my guess based on how it's going so far. Um, That first date will provide a lot of context to everything, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. 
So that, which also means like, you know, the time, all the kind of going back and forth in time, like it, I, it sort of threw me off in the beginning, but I'm getting, I like it now. Yeah. Like propelling forward and then filling in bits as you go along. Uh, also, the uh, the redheaded guy becomes a bigger character, and I love him from uh, I don't know. Dan, did you ever watch The Kids Are All Right? Uh, I watched a couple episodes. But yeah, I love that show, and really. he was so good in that. I have a question about him that is not related to his character at all. <laughs> um, so, in the past year ish, uh-huh. we have had three comedies. With that are futuristic. We've had this show, we've had Upload, and we've uh-huh. had Space Force. All three have a prominent redhead, like goofball character. Oh. And so, why is that? That's my question. the The other two shows were both created by Greg Daniels, and it was Greg Daniels' son was the oh, actor. It was. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like okay, fine, it's his son. But like, it, it was just, it was just a random thing that I was like, I don't understand why, but. All three of these shows have a goofy redhead as, like, an assistant, basically. <laughs> it would be amazing if it was the same actor in all three. I was, I was, uh, for a moment, I was like, it's not the same guy, is he? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> it was not. It was not. Well, then that's a casting mistake right there. Agreed. Well, I mean, this guy's really good, too. Wait, is Upload coming back for another season? Did they renew I it? So. Wait, I wait. feel like it was renewed. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know if Space Force was renewed. No. Space Force was renewed. It was? was? Okay. Yeah. How? That was pre-pandemic. I don't know if they stuck with it. Ooh. Uh, oh, supposedly it's going to start filming in May. Ooh. Uh, and Upload, yeah, Upload was renewed, apparently. Um, I like oh, that. you know what? You know what show was renewed, and they finally—I saw someone on Instagram who was involved with it was posting about it. I'm so happy. Is uh, I think you you should leave the Tim Robinson sketch show. Oh yeah. They oh, finally—they're yeah. finally filming season two right now, so that will be back. You know what show finished filming at season two? <laughs> what show is that? The Witcher. Oh, oh, that's right. I think I still haven't watched it. That'll be a fun God show to watch. And I want to play the game first, about. but that's like a hundred hours. Oh, it's a great hundred. The worst part about the game, so we never played it when it first came out. Um, so we got the like game of the year edition or whatever and played it, which is great because it already has the two DLCs included. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the DLCs are better. Are the are like the best part of the game, but it's kind of funny because you have to play through all of the game to activate the DLC content, but right. it's so worth it. The two DLCs are absolutely phenomenal. So you watched the show first and then played the game? Yeah, I think we got, yeah, we got into the show and then we were like, wow, we just want to keep watching this. Oh, I guess we could okay. just like play the game. And it's was great. that, was that the, was the game spoiled for you by the show? I'm just, um, no, I wouldn't say it was spoiled. So the, I mean, some characters you'll, recognize but it's all um it's different enough like the storyline i think because i think Mm -hmm. the show also draws from the books more but what i will say is i'm surprised by how much of the game the show accurately um depicted namely the amount of time that uh 
Geralt spends in bathtubs. <laughs> um, like him naked and bathing is as very a very big part of the game. Okay. Um, well, that makes me feel better about if I decide to watch a show first because. Uh, I'd been waiting because I wanted to play the game. I don't think, yeah, I think it's, I, I, we very much enjoyed like watching the show and then being excited about the show and being like, oh, we can just play the game now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, I think you're just making up words. DLCs? Downloadable content. Oh, oh. It's like additional, it's like, it's sort of like bonus features, but yeah, they'll kind of like put out extra um, yeah, it's like extra chapters extra, or yeah. extra stories or, you know, yes. sometimes it's just zombies. Right. Um, and so in this one, there's like two separate storylines. One of them, you can, you get this armor that is literally the Gary Oldman's like Dracula armor from Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, like the red <laughs> stripey, like for some reason it's like an armor you can get and it's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the the DLCs are great. All right, you know what? You know uh, we have a new show uh, to cover this week that is kind of like the DLC for the original series, if you think about it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a new Disney Plus show, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. That's not what it's called. That is what it's called. No, I believe I believe <laughs> oh, autocorrect would would right. correct you automatically. Oh, mm-hmm. mighty mm-hmm. dicks. Thank you. Rom, clank clangers. Clank changers. Clank clank kangers. Mighty ducks. Uh, they're two episodes in um, so far on Disney Plus. It is set within the same world as the original movies because Emilio Estevez returns as Gordon Bombay, but now he is old and bitter and doesn't like hockey anymore. Uh, and Lauren Graham is a single mom trying to do her best and uh, wants to... Her, her son gets cut from a, from a team, from the Ducks. The Mighty Ducks are like... They're like uh, arrogant, uh, top-of-the-heap assholes. Yeah, they're now. like the, uh, the Hawks from the first movie. Like they've become the super the the powerhouse, um, and they're uh, they're coached by uh, one of the two hockey guys from uh, uh, Letterkenny, which I love. Just <laughs> randomly, just I mean, it's not the same character, it's the same actor, still. Um, and so they build a ragtag team, and uh, yeah, and so two episodes in, they have played one game, and they're real bad. But, uh, <laughs> so bad. So wait, but, isn't this kind of the plot of Cobra Kai? It is sure. very similar to Cobra Kai, but um, if it, it, the difference is like in the Cobra, the if for Cobra Kai to be like this, it would be like if the the kids, the main kids, single mom started the dojo instead of uh, uh, Johnny. And then she she would be like trying to convince Johnny to uh, to teach her son, but he refuses because he right. hates yes. karate now. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But he's about to come. Ar- Gordon's about to come around. So. Oh. Emilio is so good in this. He's he's very sheeny now because he's older and he does like I was getting real heavy Martin Sheen uh, yeah. vibes from his performance um, in a good way. I mean, but I was like, oh, 
He looks a lot more like his dad now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like. I don't know that I would watch it if I didn't have kids, but it's really fun to watch with nine-year-olds. It's fun it's and it's it's silly, and the hockey is nowhere near as good as Bear Town, but you know those were like real hockey. <laughs> yeah, there's also less rape. <laughs> l- yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so wait, so Tori, you are not familiar with the Mighty Duck series, is that correct? Uh correct. Okay, I've never so, seen a Mighty Duck. Well, I mean, so I've how, seen. I watched Ducktales, but no. Right. But what what's you what what is your what what do you what is your understanding of, of the Mighty Ducks? Oh, it's like shitty hockey. <laughs> so you don't know what happens in the first movie? I'm assuming they suck and then they win. It's just like it's any sports movie. It's like oh, right. they're ragtag. Like, you don't, you don't know why win. you don't know why Gordon Bombay comes into the lives of of Charlie Conway and the rest of the Ducks. I don't know. Is it he? I mean, so in those movies, I feel like. It's uh, he's either a he's usually a disgraced player or coach from a professional league who probably has an alcohol problem. Oh, not bad. Am Actually, close? closer, way closer than I would have expected. It was heroin. It was not. It was alcohol. <laughs> but he is a he's a high powered attorney who was once a so he was a. The, the way that the, the first movie starts is Gordon Bombay, you see him as a little kid, and he's on the Hawks, and he's, like, going to take the final shot to win the, the tournament, and he misses, and so he's, like, he's, it's tragic, and he's, like, it's, it's awful, and so he turns his back on hockey, and then he becomes, uh, he becomes an attorney and uh, gets a DUI, so there's the alcohol part. Oh. And to serve his community service, he is told he has to go coach this ragtag team, which, which will become the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and they have to face his old team, the Hawks, who are, they're like the rich kid, you know, yeah. t- evil team. And his old coach, who coached him when he was a little kid, is still the coach of this youth <laughs> hockey team. And so it's about bringing the Ducks together, uh, uh, led by Charlie Conway, a.k.a. Pacey, uh, a.k.a. Joshua Jackson, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and... And so, and so that you have, you have them and then they, uh, and then they're, you know, it's, it's him and the rest of the team coming together and, and then becoming a, becoming a team. And then they have to eventually face the Hawks. Uh, and I appreciate that synopsis because I've actually never seen the Mighty Ducks. Thank you, what? Dustin. What? Wow. Dustin and I are on the same side of oh this. Oh my God. And then, and then, and then, so, so that's the first movie. And then the I, mean, sec- I could have guessed. The second movie, that, but... they, they play in like the world championship. So it's them against all these other countries. And then they add in some new people and do get they rid still of a win? couple of the old ones. Uh, they uh, they do, and the the bad guys are Iceland for some reason. I don't of know course they are. Why? Uh, but Iceland is not a, a hockey like powerhouse. So I will say I appreciate the twist on uh, the Bombay character in mm-hmm. the first movie that he it was you know it was childhood trauma rather than right. uh, you know disgraced player or whatever. Right. But I will also say that I guess um, one of my favorite movies. Cuban Fury lifted that <laughs> wholesale because that's basically how Nick Frost gets back into salsa dancing. Well, I don't know which one is which. Like, which one came first? Oh, but... no. Mighty Ducks definitely came first. Cuban oh, Fury, okay. like, because Mighty Ducks came out in the 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. Cuban Fury is like, you know, eight years old. Oh, I didn't um, know that. But it is about a guy who 
leads a very boring life and then is inspired to rediscover himself because he the one thing he was ever good at in life was salsa dancing and then he got picked on too much for being a salsa dancer as a kid so he gave it up he hung up his little shoes <laughs> and then as an adult he decides to uh to relearn so he can woo someone oh, okay. and to make his wait, life wait, wait, wait a second. again is the character's name Nick Frost or is the no, actor? No, the actor Nick is Nick Frost. Frost. So that it's Nick Frost it. salsa dancing, and his that would be amazing. and his teacher is Ian McShane, and the oh. nemesis oh, wow. in it is Chris O'Dowd. So there is a dance off between Nick oh, Frost wow. and Chris O'Dowd in a parking lot, all for Rashida Jones' uh, affections. Oh, also, why did I not watch this movie? When also, it was the best best part. Seriously, I've never even heard Olivia Coleman plays Nick Frost's oh my God. sister. Oh my god! In full cut, co- her like when she's doing her comedy mode, like yeah. when she's just super charming and adorable and hysterical. That's her. Well, Tori, you've you've mentioned this movie before, and it was on Amazon Prime, and I think it's gone now. But uh, now I, I have to watch it again, or I mean, I have to again. I, I again, again, you should watch to. it. Yeah. Um. So everybody, please watch Cuban Fury, and then maybe <laughs> Disney Plus will make a sequel series. There you go. About Nick Frost um, teaching people, kids to salsa dance. Oh, there's one thing I forgot to mention about uh, uh, Gordon Bombay in Mighty Ducks 2, is that he goes, he, he actually goes to, like, to follow his dreams and to try to make it in the NHL. And he's, like, in, my, he's, like, in the minors, and he's, he's, like, close, and, like, he's becoming a star, and then he blows out his knee, and then that's why he comes oh. back and becomes a coach again. Oh, um, so by the time Is you that get like to this, the third one. Uh, so funny thing, as much as I love the Mighty Ducks, I've never seen the third movie because the oh, third movie. Not. See, here, here's the thing: the, <laughs> the third movie is absurd because the second movie, the first movie, you're winning your local tournament. The right. second movie, uh, they're playing against the best in the world, and then the third movie, it's some of the kids go to this fancy prep school to become their JV hockey team, and then they're playing. Their big challenge is to play varsity. And now it makes sense that this would be terrible because the varsity kids are like two and three years older. And so they're much bigger, but it's like you played the best in the world and now you're playing varsity Varsity. and that doesn't, that's, I I didn't, uh, I didn't need to see that. I I got the, I I got the uh, gist of it by then. Um, Was Joshua Jackson still in it? I believe Joshua Jackson is in all three. Wow. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so was also in Skull and Bones. What the, what or the, the skulls. 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 Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I also love how everyone's like, oh, he's Pacey or whatever. I never watched Dawson's Creek. So oh, Joshua Jackson sorry. basically is, I, he's just Peter Bishop. Like I, <laughs> and I know, oh, and he was in that really terrible werewolf movie, Cursed. That was not terrible. It was what? a terrible what? movie. Are you kidding me? Have you seen it lately? With Christina Ricci? Yes. And, uh... I had very warm feelings for that movie, and then I rewatched it, and it is terrible. I, I feel like it was like a funny... <laughs> it was not... Oh, it yeah. was funny if you were really high or drunk. It was not... Because it was a Wes Craven movie, but it was... Mm-hmm. Uh, it got... To, it was a dimension, so it was the Weinstein brothers, 
and they it was like the shoot kept getting pushed back and they kept wanting these script changes and they kept having to turn over the cast and so like the movie that everyone signed on to is not the movie that got shot they kept like sending back notes and they'd have to change things on the fly and so it's just like a it is a frankenstein of a movie Aww. yeah um although uh oh what's her face is wonderful in it um Oh, whatever, I'm blanking. She plays the, the like, villain in it, and she's really good. But yeah, it's, it's not as... He, Pacey's kind of fun-ish. Tough, no. I felt like I enjoyed it. I don't remember much about it. I enjoyed it when it came out, but... And then, yeah. I was like, oh, why doesn't... Why don't more people talk about this? <laughs> I rewatched it a few months ago, and I was like, oh, that's uh-huh. why. <laughs> Oh my God, Portia de Rossi was was she the villain? She was only in a scene. No, she wasn't the villain. Uh, um, no, the one who's Eisenberg in everything. Was in it? Holy shit. Jesse Eisenberg was the brother. Shannon Elizabeth. Yep, she was in it for like a scene. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Yep. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, but the one who. Um... Oh, keep Nick looking. Offerman was in it. Yep, for a scene and he played. He, I think he was a cop. Scott Bale played himself. Of course he did. And Craig Kilborn (laughs) played himself. Oh, I've got to see this again. Lance Bass played himself. How is this not great? (laughs) It's so sad. It should have been great. It should have been great. The funny thing is that this was supposed to be about Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and we've said almost nothing about that show. Look, Mighty Ducks Game Changers is kind of what you expect, and it's comfortable. It's like, it's, it's a nice comfort so, I mean, it's definitely for, it's definitely a for kids show, but um, if you have the nostalgia for the Mighty Ducks movies, that will kind of hit you a little bit. Or uh, if you just want to see kids in you know a pretty standard underdog sports movie kind of format, then uh, then yeah, you can have that here too. They're real bad. I don't know how you make this team good. <laughs> They're so bad. They lost their first game like thirteen nothing. And it should have been way worse given the way that they looked. Like yeah. thirteen nothing was unrealistic. Like they should have lost like thirty nothing. <laughs> like so, half their team doesn't know how to skate. Mm-hmm. So shitty hockey. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay because uh, because they were they were so bad. But at the end of after they played. Um, the uh, the main kid who's Lauren Graham's son, who's the one who like really loves hockey and actually like you know knows how to play. He's the one who got cut from the Ducks, and he uh, leads everyone out to start skating again so that they can like practice. So he's like trying to make them better immediately after uh, they got beat up. Aww. And Gordon Bombay sees it, and so he's probably gonna coach them pretty soon. So, he, okay. So here's the thing about when people aren't good at hockey and they try to play. Like, mm-hmm. hockey, you can get very injured. <laughs> so, like, you're on ice mm-hmm. and you're wearing blades. Yep. And even good players will occasionally, like, have somebody slice their leg open. Right. So when they portray the, the kids being bad at hockey... Are there any, like, serious injuries? Uh, not so far. No. It's, it's kind of like the, the, the main kid, uh, he gets kind of 
picked on by the other team. Like, they're checking him into the boards because he's, like, the one kid who knows how to play. Right. And then everyone else, they're just kind of skating around them because they fall down. Yeah. So they, they're, nobody, not even, like, they're not even enough of a... By... No, no, no nobody's getting cut by a blade, so... This sort of interesting thing is, like, you know, most underdog films are, like, they take a group of ragtag people with a lot of raw talent, and the coach brings that out of them. But here, these kids have no physical talent whatsoever. There's just, there's nothing. I don't know how... I mean, I, I guess they will. Well, because <laughs> Emilio Estevez. Right. I guess so, yeah. He's going to train... Yeah, so, like, so far they have the main kid who can play... And it's just going to be a lot of trick plays. Yeah. His, uh, his best friend or his neighbor friend who was actually... Uh, hosting a podcast about the hockey league so he he so he like understands the sport intellectually but not physically um they got a goalie who's like a kid who's good at video game hockey and mostly just sits in his basement so he doesn't know how to skate they got the new kid from canada who has all the gear but doesn't know how to skate yeah they have the the weird uh harry pottery girl who uh Clearly has a violent streak, so that'll come in handy. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, but then they have the uh, there's a a girl who's on the actual Mighty Ducks who hates it, and she's invariably going to end up on the team. Oh yeah, she's definitely going to switch allegiance at some point. Why does she hate it? Because they're awful. Oh. And because they're the the parents on the of the players who play on the Ducks, they're portrayed as like the helicoptery like you know you need a thousand things on your resume to go to college kind of parents which is a whole thing that's going on right now right like sports to get into college and like the right. parents who are awful wait so if this is the problem why don't they just get Emilio Estevez to take over as the coach of the ducks and make them not assholes because he hates hockey and doesn't want anything to do with it anymore but he's like he's going to hate hockey either way well, I think he will probably rediscover his love for hockey thanks to these kids. These guys. I just, you know, sports, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, what are the positions? You're just all skatey boys. There's uh, no, I there's. I mean, I guess there's one. Yeah, I don't get hockey either. There's a goalie. So you, have, goalie. you have a goalie, goalie. and okay. then you have three forwards. So the forwards are, are broken down between the center and the wings. So you have center, right wing, right. left wing. Yeah. And then you have two defensemen, uh, left and right. That's it. That's it. I guess they're kind of moving too fast. You can't have too many people on the on the rank. <laughs> I like that they uh, have the penalty box. Yeah, I do like that part of. I mean, I like hockey anyway, but the fact that you have to play with down a, a player if you commit a foul, I, yeah. I think is great. And that they have to say it's like a little, it's a little sports jail, and they're like right there. Right. Um, I think more sports should incorporate that, just like a little shack, like just build a little shanty on the on the pitch, mm-hmm. and like you just players take out the center field there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad you can't play with your quarterback. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's cool. It's enjoyable. Watch it if you got kids. (laughs) No, yeah, that's about right. Or if you love the movies. Sure, yes. Um, and either way, uh, watch Cuban Fury. 
Yes, that is that's the real takeaway. Um, from from ducks to other birds, falcons. There we go. There we go. In uh, winter, cold and falcon ice. In winter stuff. America. Yeah. There you go. Yes, winter. It's cold. Uh, falcon and Winter Soldier episode three. Uh, and Tori, you had a you had a really interesting, or you you had something that you kind of wanted to bring up. So I, I want to start there. I'm Just glad you downplayed it off of interesting. Well, no, 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 because I'm I'm curious to to to, to hear this. Oh, uh, oh no. Take, so. Um. So look, I'm enjoying Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought this week was even better than the previous ones, probably because Sharon Carter was there. Uh being far more interesting than she was in all of the movies. Uh, and, you know, Zemo got to put on his mask and there was more stuff going on. It was, you know, but I, I'm still kind of in, in that position of like, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not as, I'm not as into it as I was with Wanda. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think about it with WandaVision, you know, like, uh, it's just like, you know, a way to, it, it's a fine way to pass the time. Uh, right. But then the trailer for Loki came out to, uh, this weekend or today or sometime in the past. I don't understand what time is. Uh, <laughs> it happened recently. <laughs> and I was all excited again. And, you know, and it's and I started thinking, I'm like, is this are they kind of doing? Look, they're making Marvel's going to make a bunch of TV shows. I don't expect them all to hit the same notes. Uh but I feel like what WandaVision did was was flesh out two characters and, and did it in a, a sort of different kind of genre. Mm-hmm. And Falcon Winter Soldier, I feel like I haven't, even though we got, uh, you know, some quick backstory on uh, Sam and, and Bucky and what they've been up to, that was mostly in the first episode and we haven't really returned to it. So I don't get the sense that we're fleshing. I don't feel like I know these characters more now. Uh, in any depth, any emotional depth. Like, I know that Sam has a sister and Bucky is trying to repair his, you know, his past wrongdoings, but, like, nothing deeper than that. Uh, And that's already kind of gone by the wayside. And where I think they're going to go with Loki in that series, uh, which is more of a heist show, it seems like, and he's going to be uh, repairing the timeline and stuff like that, but it's putting him in a position of not necess- he he doesn't necessarily have to be the villain of the show. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be an anti-hero or if this is going to be um if it's following a certain plot they might be following from the comics. It's sort of uh it might be addressing the question of you know whether he has to be bad if if he could actually become a heroic figure. Um which again might fall more into that uh WandaVision like we may begin to really see this character in a new light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if, so like just kind of watching that trailer after having just watched another episode of, of Falcon and Winter Soldier, it kind of brought it all into light. Like, is that why I'm more lukewarm about this series than I was about WandaVision? Um, and does that mean like if the, if Loki does kind of do these things that I think it has the potential for doing, will I be as plugged into that? Will I respond to that more like WandaVision or, you know, is it going to kind of, uh, be more of a sort of generic movie plot and I'm going to respond to it more like Falcon and Winter Soldier. And again, it's not right. like I think Falcon is bad. I think there are plenty of of fans who were not really into WandaVision and probably are loving Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's giving them exactly what they wanted. 
Um, I think that these shows can, you know, serve different elements of the fan base and, and, and I think it's wise for them to, to try different things, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, it just kind of helped me click into like, what is it? Why am I not as excited about this show? And I, I don't think it's necessarily that it's the, the plot or that it's too much like a movie or whatever. It just feels like I'm not getting as much of about, I'm not seeing these characters in a new light, the way that WandaVision gave me and the way that it, it seems like they're setting up Loki, the show to do. Right. Right. And that, that's, Interesting because I mean that that's a it's funny because that that should be the the advantage of TV and the advantage of having that time right. is that you would think that you could dig into the characters more if you you know if you want to and they seem um, to in that first episode right and then it stopped <laughs> and uh, it's, well you know they they have to go to Madripoor Madripoor thank you that yeah. Was, Blanking on the name. And it's funny because it's like I, I enjoyed the show. I was complaining about the first episode because they weren't together and their banter is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I wish they could find a happy balance where it's like you can have those two characters on screen and also have emotional things happening. <laughs> like can we, is there some way, uh, so I don't know. And what, were there's three more episodes left? We've only seen three? Yeah. Yeah. Three left. So. I am finding Captain America 2.0 to be the most interesting part of the show so far. Continued, yeah. Is it because you want to punch him? Yeah, part of that. But he's like an interesting wrinkle in the whole universe. Like, I don't know. A not real superhero. Yeah. The rest of it feels very conventional. What did you think of uh, Zemo's return? Do you think he's, is he going to be like helpful or has he got a plot going on? Oh, I don't know. I was like, oh, the Winter Soldier guy, cool. <laughs> and then Sharon Carter think, came back and she's kind of interesting, I guess. She's just bitter. Rightfully so. Hmm. She, got, she got the short end of the stick. I kind of like that they just kind of, it was like a weird, they're using her to kind of acknowledge that like, yeah, our, some of our female characters are like just sort of introduced and discarded and nothing is ever given to them. And she's the textbook example of that. Like nobody ever followed up to see what happened to her. Not even from, uh, like infinity war or whatever it's like literally she's in exile from events from civil war Mm -hmm. like way back (laughs) (laughs) um yeah she's been hanging out she's been chilling in this place that nobody's mentioned before all the civil war stuff that i definitely know you've totally (laughs) seen (laughs) i've totally seen that movie man i know daniel Bruhl's character the guy with the booklet <laughs> says the words because <laughs> I told you before the podcast started <laughs> <laughs> nobody needs to know that um, uh, I, I do want to say I, I mean I, I we joke but I, I bring it up in part just because um, even though I haven't seen all of the movies 
I have not been lost, at least within the show. So, like, I'm not getting the, the East. Like, I'm not like, oh, my God, Sharon Carter is amazing. I'm like, oh, right. Emily Van Camp, cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that they've done a really good job, from my perspective, of making it clear, even for people who haven't seen everything. Right. Because um, I still get the, the motivations and kind of like the, uh, the like you're saying, like, for in, in uh, Sharon's case, like, the you know, the bitterness that she's feeling, like all of that's very clear. And, and I, I understand it, even though I, I do not know what movie they're referring to. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so yeah, but, but I'm also enjoying, but yeah, I'm not enjoying it. I think like you, uh, in the way that I did WandaVision, um, yet just because I think, I think that that was, uh, Going deeper on on like who the characters were was was more interesting to me than this feels like a very well done action movie. Yeah. Um, well, and I wonder. Oh, one if thing that I did think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I wonder if it's like an inverse balance thing because I feel like in Wandavision we were getting the character stuff, but everyone was waiting for the plot to catch up, the like MCU right. plot to catch up to right. it, which it did, like in the last hour. Right. Um, whereas here, I'm wondering if it's going to be the inverse. Like we got a bit of the character stuff, but is it going to be much more like, you know, we're getting the MCU plot the whole time and then maybe, you know, where it lands. Right. We'll end up with like, Oh, some sort of character kind of, catharsis kind of. Right. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I was uh, struck by was there were a lot of moments in this episode in particular that felt kind of like John Wick-esque. And uh, I I mean, I I had that thought just watching it and then realizing at the end that it was written by Derek Kolstad who wrote the John Wick movies. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, there you go. Um, So I just thought that was a fun, not coincidence, obviously, but um, it made sense. It's like that it it came through, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty... I don't know, I... Yeah, I liked it. I like the, I like what they've done with Madripoor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of your first visit to it, and and the introduction of it, but also it's it's another one of those things that's a little bit funny because it's a location that's usually tied a, to a lot of X Men characters. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it's just another like MCU thing of like they still haven't introduced mutants, but they're. They're not, I wouldn't say that it isn't so much of a tease, but, you know, for people who kind of got through WandaVision and thought they might be introducing the X-Men through that, and now it's like, again, like, we're literally in Madripoor. Right. So it's kind of, do you think that this this is them really just kind of acknowledging that, like, don't worry, this is part of the universe, we're going to get there? I think so, or just sort of, they don't, I, I don't even know if it's like a reassurance that they'll get there, but it's more like, we don't have to avoid it. Because it's not ours. Like, it's not something that we have to fight with Fox over. It's like, we own all of it now, so we'll just throw it in and maybe it'll come in handy later or not. But, like, we can just use it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I hope Sharon comes back. It's just a little bit weird the way, like, they've introduced these characters that I thought were going to be a bigger part of the show and they are there for, like, an episode. Because they did that with Rhodey. Yeah. Yeah, you saw that in the. Actually, yeah, the first two episodes, there, there's always someone that you'd think, oh, this is going to be, they're going to be a 
not it's not going to be about them, but they're going to be integral to the emotional journey of these two. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, maybe not. Like, oh, maybe not. Although I assume we're going to come back to Yuri by the end. It feels like that's kind of the the way that it it came up in the, I mean, like in an aside in this episode, but like yeah, uh, Bucky's gonna he will make amends and either be punished or forgiven or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, but it's, you know, I, I do think that they're kind of passing, there's a weird sort of guest star torch that's getting passed around. Right. Because it's like you had Rhodey, mm-hmm. and then you, you've got Sharon, and mm-hmm. now they've brought back um, Oye? I think she... Uh, oh, right, right, at the end of uh, the episode. At the end of the episode, so she's one of the um, Black Panther's, like, you know... Uh, Guards? Guards, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dora Milaje. And, uh, yeah, it's... Which also ties into the whole, you know... It makes sense. Kind of we're wondering from the moment that Bucky busted, you know, uh, Zemo out of prison, like, that... So this is actually, Dan, this is something that is directly from Civil War, the whole Mm -hmm. plot of it. Uh, He killed... uh, Daniel Brühl's character was responsible for the death of uh, Black Panther's uh, father. Oh, right. The previous king of Wakanda. Right. So uh, he kind of reveals himself as the Black Panther in pursuit of whoever the killer was, who at that point um, he had framed the Winter Soldier. He'd framed Bucky for it. So everyone's Mm -hmm. hunting for Bucky, and Bucky actually is like, I didn't do it. This is like the one person I didn't kill. Right. Uh, So that, that is the plot of the movie, and everyone fighting over it because... Captain believes, you know, Bucky and nobody else does. Um, Mm. And so uh, at the end, when they they sort it all out, um, they, rather than, you know, killing his father's killer, um, he, the Black Panther, like, agrees to kind of put him in custody and, like, let go of revenge or whatever. But it's, you know, he had wanted... Zemo captured, obviously. Um, so the fact that Bucky, who had been deprogrammed in Wakanda and had stayed in Wakanda and had been helped by them, um, released this killer, uh, the you know the person who, who that like that is a pretty big betrayal. And so it, right. it was kind of it. There was always this this level of like, you know, waiting for that other shoe to drop. Um, cause it's not just the authorities who are going to be upset. It's like, you just like, they helped you and you just stabbed them in the back kind of by letting right. this guy go. Um, right. so her showing up was not necessarily, um, unexpected, <laughs> but it, you know, it was definitely expected, but it also feels like another one of those, like she's probably going to turn up for an episode and then they'll sort that out. And then like, who's going to be the guest star, the movie tie in, you know, for the next episode. Right. So, I don't know, but, or maybe that'll be just more, uh, an avenue for us to explore more about Bucky's psyche and everything he went through in Wakanda. All right. When, what did they, what did they call him? A white wolf. White wolf. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I have nothing to add to this conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I, no, no. I just... I watched the show. I I'm enjoyed really, it. 
Yeah, I always feel like I'm just scraping the barrel with this show. So I'm like, it's interesting. But like people are writing all these articles about like the fact that Baron Zemo finally wore his mask and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, he put on a mask. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. that do it you means know anything. That, yeah, if, if you don't, it's fine. I was just curious if you do know. Well, I, the only thing about it is just that like it's his look from the comics and people were uh-huh. wondering if he would ever like wear the purple mask in the in the movies and so like he he made it through his movie appearance without doing it and now in the Mm -hmm. show they're finally like oh haha it's not like we changed his character he does have a purple mask and he's gonna put it on and that's it like that's that's all it is i don't know that it means anything oh okay more than that it's more like easter eggy than kind of yeah i mean i read one thing speculating that it's like gonna tie like they're gonna reveal more about Zemo's history. Like, you don't know that he's a baron when he first shows up in Civil War. So they're, like, doing a lot of kind of retconning with him in this show. Oh, okay. Um, And so the mask might be part of it, uh, that they're going to, like, reveal more about his family and that, like, you know, I don't know, they all wore masks. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, like, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like you're supposed to, it's supposed to be deep, but, like, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So far. Um, but again, yeah, it's like I'm not, it's it's fine. I don't find my myself obsessing over it as much as WandaVision. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel similarly, and I don't know. I mean, some of it, obviously, is that I don't have the same uh, base of knowledge as, uh, as a lot of Marvel people, uh, fans. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's still entertaining. I'm enjoying it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not it's it, it's not grabbing me quite in the same way that uh, WandaVision definitely did. Yeah. Or the Mandalorian. If we're talking about Disney Plus Friday shows. So here's the other thing I realized because this is more of like a a movie esque thing. Like they also have to split the time to show the villains because we're, right. we're following the flag smashers right um and kind of learning more about them and we're learning more about fake captain america right and maybe that's part of it too like in wandavision you didn't the focus wasn't ever really divided because mm-hmm. all of those reveals i mean you, you would have it divided between kind of what was going on outside of the hex and inside but i never felt like the balance completely shifted it would be like okay we're gonna do an episode where we where we kind of catch you up on what's going outside and then it's um but you still felt like very much everything that was happening outside was just talking about what was happening on the inside (laughs) and you went back inside like it was still felt very tightly focused on wanda and this is like right because here we still don't know we still don't really know um like for the flag smashers, this was kind of like, you know, them becoming a little bit more evil. Right. For uh, John Walker, it was him becoming a little bit more evil. Yeah. So it it was just them mo- stepping, taking a step forward in their you know journey. Right, and um, it's like I already knew I wasn't supposed to like you, and now I just right. like you less. Right. But I like I still didn't feel like anything really happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, halfway through the series, let's see what happens. <laughs> Three episodes left. 
And we will talk about them here on Pod Jiba. <laughs> that was that was kind of the ending. That was was that an ending? Did that sound like a good ending? Well, we didn't say good night. We did, well, no, I'm not saying that was the end of the. I just mean like that's that's the. This is now where I say that's the show. Oh yeah, you can say it. Yeah, that's the show. We're not we doing sh- a game this week. <laughs> uh, I've decided also because it's it's late enough. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we will probably talk about more Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, if we have anything to say. <laughs> if we have anything to say. Uh, well, the good news is that there will be three episodes of Made for Love, so we'll probably have something to say about that. And maybe Invincible and, you know, I don't know what else. I don't know what other TV there is. Law and Order, um, Organized Crime. Oh, how was that? Oh, yeah. I didn't watch it. No, it was okay. <laughs> All right. I read your review and was like, I'm just going to rewatch Happy if I want to see Chris Maloney. <laughs> I was really hoping that somehow Happy is actually where his character has been. <laughs> yeah, he's been undercover as, yeah. yeah. Um, that would be amazing. I know that, that they would never, but, you know, oh. still. But it's it's just you see the potential he shows in that series. Right. <laughs> and the idea of, like, going back to st- Stabler or whatever. I'm just like, I no. mean, he's, he's, uh, he's great at comedy. Oh, the scene in the second season where he does a whole can-can dance by tasering bad guys, <laughs> and get, which like then makes them, I don't know, essentially dance the can-can with them with him. <laughs> it's in, it's a the whole scene is absolutely phenomenally shot, and I. Who is it? Anne Margaret is singing during it. She's doing oh, a song right. inside. Yeah. Ugh. I love him. I'm so sad he's doing Law and Order again. <laughs> but, you know, good for him. I'm yeah, sure he's getting paid him. very well. And, uh, yeah, he's getting paid, and we are not. Well, you know, a little bit, but not, not, we're not making Chris Maloney money. No. But Dustin will continue to watch Manifest for all of you. So we'll have more Manifest Minute also. You're welcome. And we'll be able to talk about Kung Fu, the most anticipated show of 2021. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you guys will be able to talk about Kung Fu and see see, (laughs) uh, how that goes. It's why won't you talk about it, Dan? Look, it's a, uh, there there are complex issues at play. And I think that, um, I think that the, you know, there there's a lot of TV out there, and if people choose to watch Kung Fu, then that is great. If only we had some sort of, like, inside line to, mm-hmm. you know, to provide yeah. insight into the to the show. That would be so great. Somebody would be really who could cool. set it up so that I wouldn't have to watch the commercials. That That's what I need. Or, like, you it know, hook be... us up with screeners or yeah. something. That, I mean, I, I wish... I wish I knew someone who could do that for you because I don't. Um, All right, that's the episode. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.